God, the priest of the Israelites. Mike, 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 Mike. It's like it's about a bunch of academics and making fun of them. And one is the uh, the chair of Hitler studies at a small liberal arts college, but he doesn't speak German. It's like this big identity crisis. Yeah. And another guy, like the subject is like watching car crashes on TV. put their, their weight in on the uh, JFK thing. You know that the Bob Dylan came out with a song in 2020? That was about, just that general, was about the JFK about assassination, <laughs> which is kind of a wild time considering his overall career arc. How many bullets flew into that guy's head? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought I wasn't going to be able to break out a lot of impressions today because of my voice, but uh-huh. uh, you, really, uh, yeah. you really gave me an alley-oop by mentioning You uh, can do at Bob least Dylan. one. That's, how many ladies can scoop brains into a head? <laughs> does does that mean you want to introduce the show as Bob Dylan, John? And how many boys can make a Torah podcast? Three. It's three. It's the three of us. It's uh. It's smite me. Um. My name is John Alcabes, and I'm here with. My co-hosts, Josh Marcus, and uh, Ayami Hayashi. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is me. The reason we're all doing weird little voice stuff is because apparently uh, Bob Dylan has a song out uh, in the last two years about the JFK assassination. What is, he, did, what is his take on it? Wow, wasn't that a wild time? Just, just talking about it? Uh-huh. I don't know. I only well, listened to The Great it American once. Song book. Yeah, he's... Uh-huh. You won't find as many people as prolific as old Bob Dylan in 2020. I at one time drove past a very depressing casino in Nevada, and then I looked at the marquee, and it was like, tonight, Bob Dylan, and I was like, oh, God. Yep, that's... I mean, I don't know, it kind of... I don't know, I like... There's some Bob Dylan songs that I, like, fuck with heavy. Oh, I'm, like, not say, I'm just saying Bob it's Dylan, more just but... this stage of Bob Dylan is kind of a depressing Oh, one. that he's, like, playing at a casino? Yeah, and, like, a shithouse casino, like, not, like... You know, the best yeah. Vegas one, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's got some good songs. <laughs> he's like, yes, and how many beers do I get for free? <laughs> well, I'm playing slots at the casino. This <laughs> 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 is a fun game. Also, it's, it is kind of sad for him, not in a bad way, but it is kind of hilarious how, like, the, the one song, no matter what, everyone can associate with him is literally the very first song that he ever had a breakout with. Blowing in the Wind? Not like he didn't encourage um, that. I'm trying to think of other... Um, there's the 11-minute anthem that is Hurricane. Is that Hurricane. the one where he screams? Yeah, we're <laughs> it <gonna>. sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's like it's like it's in context. It's in context, but he sure says he it a lot louder it, yeah. than the rest of the words. It's like when um, remember that uh, Robert Goulet sketch with Will Ferrell where he really <laughs> rips on it. It is it is yes, astounding exactly to hear that about. one in, in twenty twenty two. It's not not cool or good, but it's what happened. You can't um, change history. As much as you'd like to sometimes. <laughs> and that was history. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> okay. hey, what, what? I mean, I would not, I would not know who Robert Goulet is if it was not for that sketch. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, I fully still don't. Yeah, I like, is he a fictional guy based on a real type of guy? That was the sense that I got. 
Like if you ask me who Robert Goulet was, I'd be like, I don't know. He's like, he's a, he's, I don't know. He's that guy who said the N word one time when he was Will Ferrell. I don't know. But. <laughs> it does sound like an alias. Robert yeah. Goulet. That's a real alias type name. <laughs> he screams that word. We, I should not be laughing so hard, but if you go back and watch this, oh no, he's he a real guy. Screams. He's it. a French yeah. Canadian singer. Oh. oh, maybe maybe he shouldn't be saying stuff like that. Well, we don't know if he said it. <laughs> yes. And how many times can you scream that word? It's zero. It's zero times. Well, I mean, you can do it however many times, but you shouldn't. Uh, ever screen. Anyway, at, now that we've done that beautiful discourse on American identity, I feel like politics. Bob Dylan was overdue for a for a being brought up on on, on, a, on, on a Renaissance. He's overdue for a spot in the Smite Me canon. I mean, I mean, it's, it's oh no, I'm just saying we've never talked about him. Oh, as uh, a group of three guys on a podcast, it is kind of shocking we've never is he Jew said the B word. <laughs> oh, he's major Jew. He's Robert Zimmerman. But then he had a born again Christian face. He did have a weird born again Christian face. Does. But Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If you're not born again, you're not you're not feeling it hard enough. Yeah, Bob Dylan had that phase where he was out with Jews for Jesus, handing out um, iced coffee. He was one of those weenies. <laughs> Isn't how much milk? Okay, well, <laughs> I should really stop. You're just I like. I'm worried for your vocal cords. Yeah, I like, want don't. you to be able to. Yeah, you have like three really left, and then they're done. You got to preserve your instrument. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Um. So <laughs> I mean, there's there's the Jews in the news that we've all been thinking about. Yep. We can we can talk about it briefly if we want. There's a big one. I mean, I don't know how much there is to say other than it's the perennial story of the uh, Israeli security forces doing horrible things to Palestinians. I mean, yeah, it's horrific. We're talking about I I'm blanking on her name. Which the IDF killed an Israeli journalist, Palestinian journalist. Her, uh, fuck, I'm sorry. And it's, very uh, noted, I, like a iconic one, Shireen Abu Akleh. Um, I think she was at Al Jazeera. Yeah, she, she was, was like at Al Jazeera. One of the big kind of faces. She, I believe, she was shot in the head by a sniper, um, despite being pretty clearly having like a press badge mm-hmm. and shit or press vest. Yeah, and then after that, they were like beating up the pallbearers carrying her casket. Yeah, it's always it's always a classy um, one too, where you like kill the journalist and then you just beat the fuck out of the people who are attending her funeral. That's a nice. But I guess, I mean, it's like there's not that much to say just in that it's horrific and like fuck the IDF and all that. But also it's just – it was pretty – I mean I shouldn't be shocked but it was just kind of – my thought watching it was like how are they going to get them – like because I can – whenever the IDF does some wild shit, I can kind of like from my – early indoctrination, I can kind of see like, okay, this is how they're going to defend this one. This is the angle they're going to take. But for the first time in a while, I was like, I genuinely don't know what they're going to say. And they kind of just didn't say anything or just like called her a terrorist and who hated Jews, which I guess I should have fucking predicted, obviously. But it's interesting because there's a little bit more of a, of an immediate political sort of uh, ramification in that uh, I think one of the minority Minority within the coalition because Israel's like a coalition government kind of uh, what what are they called fucking parliament parliamentary systems parliament, so no. one of the key party members resigned from the the government um, and was part of the like uh, 
part of the Arab leadership that was like pretty key in securing Naftali Bennett's government against Benny Gans? Fuck it, no, the fucking the dude, the fucking the Netanyahu. Um, oh no, yeah, no. the dude, <laughs> the fucking yeah. the, the devil. The um, so, so that's kind of interesting because the, it's sort of like the the government is not in the same kind of like super intense position that it was before. I don't think it'll actually fundamentally change very much, but it is interesting to kind of see how like because of the way Israeli politics work, there's actually a little bit more of an impact of someone in like an Arab party actually leaving the government than there would be before because I don't think there were any Arab parties in uh, Netanyahu's government. Um, and I do know elections are coming up soon. Not that anyone will be like, oh, I guess now we finally have to stop the IDF from fucking killing journalists. Well, I was going to say the um, today there's a story out. The uh, Israel's military police uh, will not uh, investigate criminally anything that happens. So it's sort of like, you know, business as usual. Yeah. That's not surprising at all. You know, they ran over an American girl with a fucking bulldozer and no one gave a shit, so. She was an American girl? I'm sorry. That was, that was not inappropriate. Um, <laughs> as for associating, it's the wrong time, wrong place. Um, yeah, it's fucking insane. It's, like, you. I didn't even know that, like, that they weren't gonna, I hadn't heard officially that they weren't gonna, like, look into it. But, like, yeah, a fucking, yeah. of course not. Well, they right. never do. They Just, don't have like, really an the incentive cops. to... I mean, that's the thing, honestly, if there's anything that the uh, the Trump era showed me is that if the people in power just don't care about pissing people off, they can literally do whatever they want uh, because they're in power. Yeah. So they're sort of like, well, tough, tough nuggies. It's kind of like you shouldn't um, let people accrue that much power ever because like I like yeah. Josh just said, if they don't care about what you think, they'll do whatever the fuck they want to you. Amen. Emma Goldman. Hey. Preaching, but maybe. this is again um, like John free associating wrong time wrong place. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Spitball in here. Um. Yeah. So as that story was happening, um, I got an email from my cousin, um, who is about to head to Israel on a high school like semester program. Um, oh, wow. Which that's a thing in itself. You know, much much can be said about what happens on this program. Um, but as part of it, he was asking. He's trying to raise two thousand dollars. As part of this program, you uh, you raise two thousand dollars for the Jewish um, what is it? The Jewish World Fund? Oh yeah, or is Jewish World that? Service or something? It's the the one where you the plant a tree one. Yeah, Jewish National Fund. Um, yeah, so as part of it, you raise um, two thousand bucks for the Jewish National Fund. Part of which goes to fund his being in the being on this program, and then part of it just goes to the goes to the organization itself to do whatever they want with. um damn i would have just been like yo you got zell cuz <laughs> you got you got cash app well cuz oh cause. just like i'll send it straight to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah just yeah no i mean i just thought it was interesting so number one it's like i went to check out the jewish national fund because i didn't know i knew of it but i didn't know what it quite does and it's, it's pretty explicitly like yeah our thing is population growth in israel and like we want more jews cool there. nice um and like building settlements nice, and stuff. Nice, cool. Um, so I'm certainly not gonna uh, put my money towards that. But I don't know. It's just an interesting moment because I'm kind of. So he's like 16, 17. Um, from a, you know, his parents are liberal, but not like lefty by any stretch. Um, and I just don't think he's like a particularly politically super invested kind of guy. 
So I don't know. I'm just weighing whether I should talk to him about it or just my thoughts. I think I would just try and approach it like very gently and just be sort of like, you know, it's an important part of like being a Jew in the world require or like it's inevitable that at some point you're going to have to figure out what you think about Israel stuff. And so a great way to help figure that out is to go be there and see it for yourself. And I would just be like, I would encourage you to like, you know, try and seek out a bunch of different perspectives and, you know, think about some of this stuff. Cause I just, I don't know. I doubt like me, you know, blasting my cousin with Norman Finkelstein is like gonna, (laughs) you know, like toss like hitting him over the head with the book is like not gonna do it exactly. But I do think like, you know, he's going to be there. So it might be an interesting, if he looks at it the right way, he might learn some stuff. I don't know. I mean, I think it's an important part of everyone's development as a Jew to like go fly across the world and like be lied to on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think after being lied to for yeah. I think we a all couple, need you know, that. a decade of Hebrew school. Yeah. And also I think tides are shifting enough that there's a good chance someone on his trip, like will like mouth off and ask tough questions. Yeah. Maybe I would encourage anyone also, just not who's Jewish, who's who's anything that like, you know, if you're trying to learn about maybe a, a place you're connected to in some way, then like get a lot of different perspectives. You know, I think yeah. it's a it's a good thing. There's lots of places that have done some not so good stuff. And it's it's, you know, it's OK for you to like be from there. You just have to actually, you know, uh, deal with it in some way. Totally. And I was I don't fault people for what they don't already know. But I think people ought to try and find things out. You know what I mean? It's like nobody arrives fully knowing all the history, especially if you grow up in a certain kind of background. But it's sort of like if you're going to go there, it's worth really interrogating that. And Yeah, but especially like, I don't know, I think we probably, how old is your cousin? Like 16 or 17? Yeah, something like that. Like I think we probably all were around that age when we just started, I don't know, maybe even for me it was probably being more online or like my sister – was a big part of it. Shouts out Sarah Beth. But But, like, (laughs) um, but like there comes a time when you take everything you're learning, you've been learning about Israel and shit. I mean, this goes for Israel. This goes for like a lot of things about American politics too, but like it just, the contradictions between what you're hearing from like your, like the trip, whatever trip guide and or whatever he's hearing at like synagogue or Hebrew school or whatever, like the contradictions between that and what he's seeing on social media. And like, he's, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's like, has some, knows someone who's posting shit about totally. the Shireen. Yeah. I mean, especially cause like, it's like cool to be killed. an activist now in a way that it wasn't quite when we were coming up. Right, like the contra, I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, the contradictions just kind of pile up. That's kind of yeah. how people get radicalized. And I was talking about this with with, uh, with Lana yesterday. It was kind of like, unlike some subjects where I think it takes a long time to like really be like, wow, interesting. Maybe it's not all that contradictory. It's like once you know even a tiny bit of just not the official line from the Israeli government, you're like, oh boy, like <laughs> it doesn't require <laughs> yeah. extensive investigation. Yeah, in a certain it's like- sense. It's it's kind of like how we said on the Norman Finkelstein episode, not to hark on this too much, but it's like it becomes very clear. The way that we're taught is like 
Israel is in this constant, essentially, aircraft and tank battle between all of its neighbors. And, like, their inside people are, like, the Palestinians. And then you kind of, like, can just see footage. And it's like, oh, these are a bunch of people on foot. And there's just, like, people in body armor beating the fuck out of them. Like. Yeah. 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 Like, you can't find the footage of the war they're describing because that's not what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to figure out a uh, carefully worded email to send to my old yeah. cousin. God, you guys keep bringing up Norman Finkelstein just to taunt <laughs> me because you know that if I try to do a Norman Finkelstein voice, I will have to go to the <laughs> hospital. Have you found him yet? <laughs> I was going to say, you're now way closer. Not, you could definitely I mean, sneak seen... into his house and smell all of his clothes if you really put your mind to it at this point. I, yeah, I... I maybe I've seen him. I don't know. I've seen plenty of guys that could be Norman Finkelstein, but <laughs> the voices aren't there. Uh huh. I just need to be at a fucking bagel shop one day and hear like, a, "Can I get?" And then, all right, yeah, let's fucking party. Yeah, it is time. You call this um, a fucking I bagel? <laughs> I bought one bagel no. from you. In fact, I bought two. <laughs> <laughs> I was rewatching the clip the other day. Just the oh my god, it's just mm, scrumptious. Oh just, man. Mm, 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 okay. Geez, I kind of am curious. We can what it, both him, both Norman Finkelstein and Bernie Sanders. I wonder what they're like in in situations where they're not receiving good customer service. Because on one hand, they're both, like, so pro-worker, but then on the other hand, they're just, like, grumpy old Jews. Yeah. So it just would be very interesting to see. I feel like I could imagine them being, like, well, you know, it's, like, they're very righteous. So it's, like, you treat people right, you treat your workers right, but then you also treat the customer right. Like, everyone's equal, everyone treats each other well. I kind of imagine that yeah. Bernie doesn't no, really say much in the moment, but as soon as he gets in the car, it's kind of, like, goes off. Yeah. Um Maybe more so than he should. That man's health care was guaranteed. Maybe I wouldn't have had to wave him down for what? Three times. Maybe you'd be a little more motivated. <laughs> Anyways, should we get into this fucking Torah yeah, Torah let's book? Do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Torah Torah book. <laughs> book. Torah, Torah, wow, we're book, doing book. it. We're on the last. We're on the last of the canonically five books of the Torah. You know, the big mm. fucking the five tools of hip hop. We're on the final yep, tool. The fuck it. Deuteronomy, the book Hell yeah. for dudes. I wrote a little script. Two men walk out of a party. They look around. One turns to the other and says, Dude, where's my round of me? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, John. I'm the funny one now. <laughs> he is the captain now. He got you. I just fucking ended comedy Whoa. tonight. Wow. Dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you, man. <laughs> Anyways, so we're in this last book of Deuteronomy. Before we get to uh, the summary that I have here, I did a little bit of history on this one, like I was telling you guys. And this is kind of an interesting book because, like I was telling you guys, uh, pretty much only the most fundamental and like kind of insane people believe that this book was like written by God or like divine inspiration pretty much everybody kind of accepts that like this was added on um the initial history of the book why there's a fifth book is 
I think it was originally essentially just another book of laws. Um, and then at the, this is going to be a brief little bit of history, but basically there were two Israelite kingdoms, one called Judah and one called Israel. Um, and they were both uh, made vassals of the Assyrian Empire. Um, and then Israel was eventually destroyed. And what was interesting about the kingdom of Israel is unlike Judah, the kingdom of Israel are the people who kind of pioneered the idea that the Jewish God is not just the God of the Jews, but the only God worth worshiping, period. So previous to this, it was probably more of a pantheon and polytheistic religion. And then kind of there was a version of it that came into Judah uh, that was this sort of really intense kind of one God only thing. Um, and then because of those people were kind of able to to wield power in the court after the Assyrian Empire fell, they sort of reformed the religion to be about only one God, um, which is kind of interesting. And then they kind of added a bunch of stuff in the book of Deuteronomy to be like, look, this is how our reforms are justified. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. So this is – it's kind of interesting because – the other points of the the Bible, I think one of the reasons why we've kind of had this interesting thing of like, well, it kind of seems like there's like a lot of gods hanging around and doing stuff is that was probably all written at a time where the religion was more polytheistic um, and mm-hmm. that the god that they're talking about is almost like the way we look at like a flag in the modern nation state. You kind of have your nationalistic god. Yeah. Um, Right. And that was sort of like we had the special one because it was all powerful and all knowing, and you didn't worship a statue of it. And that was like our little fucking, you know, extra special sauce. And it's interesting because then it's like, you know, this principle, despite being added later on, is like, you know, such a key, a key one now. No, it's super interesting too because I was reading into it too, and like a lot of this stuff is not super different from the religions around it. And that's sort of why, like, Kind of like the 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 books is sort of are sort of interacting with the other religions a little bit more because they're not so, so much other religions as they are just like other national flavors of the same ideas. Um, and mm-hmm. then this is sort of where kind of like at the very beginning of of this book and like still passed on today are like some of the most key fundamental things. Like there is one God and there's only one God that fucking matters, and you don't mm-hmm. fucking worship other gods. Um, yeah. which is interesting too, because this, these, these two chapters have a couple of pretty fundamental, uh, lines of like, they, they basically contain the thesis of modern Judaism. Yeah. Um, totally. So there you go. That's a little bit of history. Shall we get into this, uh, this little chunk of text? Do, 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 Deuteronomy. Okay. All right. So. Moses and the Israelites are camping out, and he kind of just takes the opportunity to kind of, like, spit some bars at the people. Um, and that's where we get the name of the portion, which literally, I think, means, like, words. Devarim. Words. Um, so here's mm. some gems from fucking Moses just kind of, like, doing the old, hey, everyone, gather around. I got some shit to say. Uh, so he starts out, number one, it's 11 days to the Holy Land. We're going to do this thing. We killed the fuck out of the Amorites and the Bashon. Who are they? We don't care anymore. But we've been hanging out for too long after the genocide. This is the land that God promised. And he took so long because he wanted there to be a ton of Jews instead of a few pounds Jews. And then he takes a breath and is like, now for a list of my accomplishments. This is my being Moses. <laughs> and he's like, I couldn't take care of all your dumb, stupid little problems. So I appointed elders amongst you 
everybody fucking, I'm the coolest shit. I told them to be fair, so I'm kind of super smart, and I brought you to this mountain. That was pretty cool of me. But then after we set spies, you all got cold feet. I didn't want to do the genocide, even though I said it would be fine, and ended up being fine. So fuck you all. He's really laying it down. Like I, I'm obviously updating the language of it, but the tone is pretty clear. Yeah, it's like at the like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when people are like, thank you so much for this honor. I can't believe all you fucking idiots couldn't see how genius I yeah. was. I'm so flattered. I hate yeah, all my bandmates. Yeah, he's not getting into the rock. That's the difference is he's not getting yeah, into the they, rock. They just invited him to give the speech. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Um, and this is basically uh, after yeah after we went to the, uh, to the, you didn't want to do the fucking genocide. And it's like, was all because you didn't believe in God who was totally guiding you with the fucking fire and the smoke monster and all that. And he totally would have had your back. And that's why I don't get to enter the Holy Land either. So you really fucked that one up for me. <laughs> um, yeah, he's really over it during this yeah. whole speech. And then he's like, and fun. then you went to try and fight anyways, but God didn't want you to win anymore because you should have been fucking paying attention. And then you guys lost. So I guess I fucking told you so. You really can't win with him. Um, also, 100%, he is at his grumpiest. But but despite what we've heard earlier, he's really, it's flowing yeah. out of him. None of this, none of the stuttering uh, Exodus Moses that we... No, he's he's he can speak clearly when he wants to just fucking insult everyone. Um, he basically then describes their whole journey and how they couldn't settle down in other places because God had already promised him to other characters like within the Bible. And then he sort of describes this version of politics that God told them to do where you pretend to want peace, but then God makes the other person desperately want war anyways. It, so, so I don't know what that means. It's super yeah. smart. <laughs> that's kind of the move that's what I would do you would if I was in charge you would of pretend nation, to be nice to someone and then you I would pre- have God make them attack you for no reason so that you would be justified and uh, <laughs> uh yeah yeah we're that's called doing business that's called doing <laughs> war okay <laughs> alright so then they kick Sahone which is uh this king they kick his ass and then they kick this king's ass named uh Og and they talked about how they distributed the land amongst the tribe. And then he's just like, but guess what? All of that was just a free trial, baby. This is where the real thing happens. End of Devarium. Uh, is, Aga, is he a giant? <laughs> is he a I big did, giant? I was, they really make it seem boy? like he is a big so, boy. Basically, I did a little bit of research on this too. They refer to these people a lot. In fact, from the very beginning of the Bible, they've pretty much promised that like the Amorites are going to get their due. And it's not exactly clear who the Bible means by the Amorites, but they are get described as being super tall. So I think people just kind of assume that they're like the giant people. And like that's who like David, probably Goliath and all that whole story, like it's all Amorites. Whoever they are, they got fucking beef. I mean, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a giant, Og It's a good name for giant. Name. It's gotta be mono monosyllabic. Um Okay, so that brings us to, I really wasn't sure how to pronounce this, Vietchanan? Okay, so Moses keeps going on. He kind of goes, hits him harder again about how he can't go to the Holy Land because of the people sinning and how they really fucked that up for him. I love that. I love that he's just like, just to be very clear, um, I can't go to Israel and it's it's because of you guys. And it's your uh, fault. another um, thing. 
<laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. He's just like, I know you guys know that already. I've mentioned it before, but uh, just just while I'm, while I'm doing announcements up top, um, it's fully your fault. You guys fuck up so much. And I, yeah, he's awesome. Which is kind of funny too, because in the portion where God tells him he can't goes into the Holy Land, he's pretty explicit that like, it's because of something you did. You didn't listen to me. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, well, what if I just didn't take responsibility for that? It's all your fucking. Well, but Ioni, have you ever considered that he only did that because the Israelites were freaking oh, pissing right, him right, off? Right, 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 right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he didn't listen because they weren't listening. Ah, uh, the classic. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Um. So, but it's going to be okay because Joshua will take care of everything. You know, he's going to be a, a good boy. <laughs> um. So then he kind of like rolls up and is like, "Look, I'm going to say this one more time." You do what God tells you all the time, every day, every night, no exception, okay? Then he kind of retells the story of the Israelites getting the Ten Commandments, um, and he kind of tells them that you're not allowed to make any statues or make any kind of representation of things that isn't – that of anything that is the Lord or made by the Lord. This kind of relates back to the history I was talking about, how this is switching from being a polytheistic religion, no more, no more fucking frog statues. Okay, they're like he came to you as a weird talking cloud with no body, and that's how he's yeah. Gonna try say. to make a sculpture of that. Um, yeah, and then he uh, promises death and destruction to anyone who falters in the. I teachings. feel like on that point, it maybe would look like something from Donkey Kong, like a giant, like talking volcano. Damn, has Donkey Kong been coming up in your life a lot too? <laughs> no, it has been coming up it a lot in mine, yours. Yeah. <laughs> that is. What's been going on with I, you and, you know, you and Donkey Kong, <laughs> It's like the series of video games that doesn't exist. Everybody knows about it, but no one, to my knowledge that I know, has ever actually played a Donkey Kong game. I mean, he just he, yeah, yeah, be he's got barrels, a whole thing. Right? He's got a whole fr- He had a TV show. You should fucking do some acid and watch that TV show. <laughs> what? Yeah. There is a Donkey we'll do Kong a TV whole, show? The thesis What's- of it? I don't know if we can justify doing a Donkey Kong TV show episode unless we want to write, like, collectively, we want to write, like, a Donkey Kong Hanukkah special. Donkey Kong And do Donkey it, like, Kong a read of it. Donkey, Donkey Kong Hanukkah. Yeah. I would be so thrilled if our first Hanukkah special for this show was us reviewing the Donkey Kong TV show from 1996. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I would love that. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he promises death and destruction to anyone who falters in God's teachings and commandments. They make this kind of hilarious justification for why you have to only believe in this God now. And what they say is basically nobody else's God ever did any miracles in the real world. So fuck them. They aren't real. They're like, have you ever heard of something like this happening? No. Um, Which is just kind of like, all right. That's that's one hundred percent just the line of like no, but my bullshit's real. Yeah, remember that thing that I came up with? Have you ever heard anyone else <laughs> say that in the specific way that I said that? Proof. Yeah, um, proof. So they named the cities of a couple of the cities of refuge that we've kind of mentioned before. Um, Moses kind of restates and reinvents the Ten Commandments, but kind of has to slip in a couple insults to the people while he does it when he says like. <laughs> God had to speak to you through me, basically, because you are all fucking babies and were too scared to fucking talk to the cloud monster. 
And then he kind of embellishes a bit where, like, in the... The other thing I remember from doing that reading is, like, they're pretty clear that, like, the entire mountain is, like, exploding. And, like, the landscape is fucking, like, decaying and fucking on fire. So, like, of course they're terrified. And then he embellishes this little bit that wasn't in the reading before where apparently the Israelites are like, Oh, God, stop talking because if you keep talking, I'm going to get too scared. (laughs) We can't take it anymore. (laughs) It's really, like, what... This is only appealing if you're, like, super into this as, like, an ideology. Otherwise, it's like, dude, you are not selling this. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, in Moses' story, this is all kind of weird because this is this part is Moses speaking as God, but not doing the thing that he's doing before. But, basically, Pasto's God says, like, all right, now you really need to pay attention, and then drops the Shema and the Via Hafta, which are, like, the kind of, like, the, the thesis of modern Judaism. And I guess back then Judaism too, but like that these these are the this is like the shit if you're not Jewish. This is like the most important thing that you're supposed to fucking say every day. Here are like the active steps you're supposed to take. You put up a mezuzah. You teach your children about this sort of stuff. It's like here's how you like actually be a Jew. The Shema is that the one that's like and how many gods. <laughs> God says, all right, you need to pay attention, and then just drops blowing in the wind. (laughs) I woke up in a new Bugatti. Um, Is that a a Bob Dylan song? And then basically, Moses, speaking as God, lays down a couple other big hits, like, if you turn the other gods and worship them, I will wipe you off the fucking face of the earth. Um, And then they like to tie it back to the old Exodus story about how this is essentially like the covenant. There was a covenant made with Abraham and all those people. But really the covenant between like God and the Israelite people is the Exodus story. Um, Right. And it's like I didn't choose you because you were the biggest or the best. It's like I choose you because you were tiny and you were going to be destroyed. And that's how much I love you. So, you know, don't stray. Um, and then we get some pretty pointed language against some of the peoples in the area, but they have some cool names, so I'm just going to read off a quick list of them, um, which are Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivavites, and Jebusites. Get down. Obtuse, yep. rubber goose. Um, and then some of the highlights of how to fuck up and hate these people include you shall utterly destroy them and you shouldn't make a covenant. Mm-hmm. Or be gracious with them, which I thought was kind of funny. It's like, also be rude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You must doom them to destruction. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, there's all different translations, but the the general vibe is just like, don't be nice at all. (laughs) Um, It's also kind of interesting. This maybe is more for the analysis portion, but he does pretty much just say like, there are people living here. They've built things that you didn't build. They've done stuff to the land that you didn't do. And I'm taking that away from them, and I'm giving it to you. Um, yep, you're not supposed to intermarry with them. You must burn their graven images with fire. Um, and then at the very end, they kind of undergird the story with, like, the uh, like appealing to kind of, like, I don't know, stuff that I think a lot of people relate to by being like, but don't worry, like, we're the underdogs, you know? Uh, we're kind of a weaker people, <laughs> I, you know? Well, we, we, we don't have as many people as these powerful nations, but we'll triumph with God's blessing, which I thought was really funny because, like, imagine how global politics would be different to go back to God as a nuclear bomb 
kind of analogy. But if like global politics would be very different if like everything was still the same except the only country that had nukes was like Malta, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like, and then they were just kind of like, well, we're just like the dumb little babies in the Mediterranean. We don't mean anyone harm. Sure, we have the power to end the earth, but I don't see how that's relevant. And it was like if every now and then Malta used like one eighth of a nuke on itself. Because yeah. we're fucking crazy. Just to show, just to remind everyone, like, we got them. Yeah. Yeah, we got them. Yeah. So that's, and so that's the first two chapters of uh, Deuteronomy. Dude, are you on to me? <laughs> He's on to me. Um, dude, where are my idols that I was worshipping? You burned them because your god told you to. So, yeah, it's kind of depressing but revealing these two chapters. It's like, here's the modern religion, and it's really like explicitly again. It's like, we're number one. We're booting everybody else out. And that's how that's how it's done. So another interesting bit of history that I didn't want to get into before, but one of the interesting things about this is there's a lot of talk about covenants, right? Promises and agreements. And one of the the reasons that they kind of updated this book was because when they were the way that the language that they used to describe being vassals of the Assyrian Empire was being in covenant with the Assyrians. And now basically that that power no longer exists the kind of ruling class is taking the opportunity to kind of get into everyone's heads that like, no, now we're back in a covenant with God um, and not mm. other like geopolitical powers in the region. Um, so like we're our own thing now, officially, officially, baby. Baby. <laughs> final, final V2. Yeah, which is interesting too because all of this stuff, this whole retelling bit is this is the stuff that would have been added back then. The stuff to like be like, hey, remember all this shit? Well, this is how it ties into this new version and ideology of the religion now. Yeah, it like does it does what you're supposed to do in a piece of persuasive writing at the end, which is you kind of restate what you've done so far, and then you tie it off by like the ultimate conclusion that you've reached. And in this case, it's like some of it is just the shifting time period and the shifting emphasis. So you can kind of see on a strategic level why they would want to say, okay. We're at the end. We're right on the threshold of entering Israel. Like, again, here's what you need to know, and here's the here's the new spin on it. Yeah, and I think there's also a nice way of, since they'd been there for a while at that point when it was put in, of them being like, hey, this is how it was supposed to be all along. Different versions of Christianity and Judaism will do this later, too. It's like a pretty it's a it's a mechanism of maintaining power. But the people who are in charge of Judah are basically able to say, like, look at what happened to Israel. They were doing it wrong. That's why they got destroyed. So now that we have all of these people and we got all this influence, now we can do it the right way, baby. Imagine, like, the fact that Moses isn't getting in to Israel. Like, how many Israelites who were just, like, worshipping idols, sucking and fucking, doing all the bad stuff, <laughs> like, they're getting in, though, and Moses just has to sit on the sidelines? I have a... It's, well, it's some of it up. is, like, the 40 years of wandering is, like, a lot of the originals are kind of dead. But Moses is just – I guess the originals are dead, but they're still – this whole time people have been like, this sucks. I'm going to go like yeah. behind no, some that of them, yeah. sand dune and put stuff in my ass <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Whatever debaucherous shit they were doing that made God so mad at Moses. Such a – Like, it is, like I'm sorry. I'm fully taking Moses' I, 
God is blaming him, but God's blaming him be, like because he didn't because he's like I appointed you leader and you didn't stop all of the bad stuff. So like it's totally the Israelites' fault. Hey, he's doing the classic dictator thing: is you gotta like kind of show anyone that anyone can get it at any time. Even Moses. Yeah, that's kind of where I land on it too. Because remember, the reason he can't get in is because he's he he smacked a rock instead of talking to a rock. Which yeah. is which I that's just the old banana peel. You know what I'm saying? That's just you see that shit all the time in politics. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. Just fucking weird. Like people getting put like given weird impossible tasks to do and then getting punished for not doing the thing that's fucking impossible. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not to mention the old orange man, but Trump's Trump stayed smacking that rock and it just it just spewed out fucking good results for him. I mean I guess he lost, but Well, I don't he didn't actually he, lose. Well no, he uh it was stolen from him, just like Israel entry into Israel was stolen from I, I like Moses. how you tied that in together. Stop the steal. <laughs> stop literally stop the steal. Yeah. From yeah, God, God's doing the steal, and we have to stop him. The Torah is a mail-in ballot in a certain sense. <laughs> Across time, <laughs> time and space, <laughs> or something. Uh, there are a number of Democratic politicians who would have shat their pants if if they had heard you said that and been like, "That's such an amazing metaphor." Also, not to fucking defend people who are also monsters, but, like, there is a certain amount of bravery it took a bunch of people in fucking Richard Nixon's administration to say no to when he said to, like, nuke the Soviet Union all those times when he was blackout drunk. I did not know about that, but... Yeah, me neither. Yeah, that was pretty common. That was, like, Nixon would get fucking blackout drunk and just be like, this is it, today's the day! <laughs> and, like, there would be people who are just like, yeah, we d- we're just not gonna wow. do that. I the only thing I'd known about is when he uh, called the guy like in that the that interviewer guy Frost just like wasted to talk about cheeseburgers and then forgot about it. You know what I have to say about that about the the um, not the cheeseburger thing, but uh, fucking drunk mind speaks sober thoughts. So maybe <laughs> I don't know. Right, drunk edit sober. Maybe he could have freaking killed Putin. Ever think about that? Maybe he could have. What? I don't know. What? I mean, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I really wish the viewers at home could have seen the specific body language. You <laughs> for, for the listener, I kind of uh, kind of puffed my chest out. Yeah, he looked like a guy who would wear Oakleys and like a backwards hat at the lake. What? Seriously, dude? <laughs> Are you really going to tell me that right now? <laughs> All right, so this is a classical bit of Bible. Like, well, how how are we feeling about? Ooh, how does this text speak to you? you know, it's the fucking modern day. I only I love it when you talk like that. Um, yeah, you can just you're, you're hanging you out with your other fucking pause vibes, yeah. bros. Um, no, you know, I feel like this one like makes the subtext even less subtext or like makes the text even more out there like it fully says he dislodges many nations before you and you must doom them to destruction it's sort of like here's the thing about judaism it's about destroying the people who are there and making yourself there because i said so and god 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 baby (laughs) say it three times yeah and I, i just fucking love the gun to your head like i love you so much 
if you disobey me even a single time, I will kill you. Right. You saw what I did to Moses, and that was my boy. That was my dude. They don't give any of them, like, a way out. Like, there is no option, like, theoretically, in, in the realm of the tradition. Like, there's no version of it where you're like, well, how about we take some of it, and then, you know, we kind of find a way to peacefully coexist. Because God's version of that is just like, I mean, oh, that's fine. You don't have to do what they tell you. I'll just fucking destroy your entire family and bury you under 800 feet well, of Well, but rocks. it's also like, you oh, do you want to be part want. of one of those civilizations that we're about to destroy? Like, no, you have to either be <laughs> yeah. kill or be killed. Yeah. There, though, interestingly, so despite all that, for the first time, maybe in the whole book, they kind of start to wonder what, like, the religious experience of being a Jew is like. Like, there's this passage where it talks about, like, oh, you know, it's, you know, like, don't ever disobey God. Like, otherwise, you're going to get fucked over. We're going to scatter you to all the nations of the earth. But then it's also like, it says, if you search for there for the Lord, your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and soul when you're in distress, because all of these things have befallen you, in the end, return to the Lord, your God, and obey him. It's kind of like, talks about like a little crisis of faith moment for like one second in it in a way that feels a bit more in line with how maybe like a modern evangelical Christian might talk about it, where it's sort of like, you know, in your moment of darkness, like you can find your way back. It's like you have this personal relationship to God that you can seek out. I don't know. It's just interesting because again, it just felt like that kind of transition to the more like practical aspects of like, here's this, here's the actual religion. Here's how we're going to reinforce it. Um, I thought it was like a tiny slip of the curtain into like wondering like, oh, like I wonder what it's like to actually like be a Jew. And then it's like, no, 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 actually do everything we say or we'll kill you. Well, I think that kind of po- plays in with the politics of it, right? They're reinventing what it means to yeah. be a Jew. So you kind of have to put it – you have to like put it in writing because otherwise everyone is going to be like, no, that's not what we do. Yeah. Um, which is interesting too because like obviously all of these texts as we've mentioned before are political but like the politics of this one, knowing the history that is generally accepted, is like fucking right there on yeah. the table. Yeah, that's like it's literally like, hey, we're we're doing a fucking mulligan on the religion thing. Yeah, and just for the people who maybe haven't listened either to our earlier episodes or you know read the original thing, like in Genesis, there are parts where it talks about like you know it'll talk about God being kind of the one, the main God, but in a way that's just sort of like. This one's your God, like, don't obey any of the other gods. Or, you know, when when the God... It's it's like these... If you, you'd almost would miss it, but it's these kind of, like, very subtle, tacit references to, like, other god powers, basically. Yeah, but if those gods, like, if those gods can't kill you, you know what I mean? God's like, yeah, I'm the god, I'm the one who can kill you, like... It's not like those ones are going to kill you for worshiping me, you know? Like, I'm the powerful one. Those ones are just yeah. little statues. I was just saying more as, like, a little review, like, because you would be surprised to know in the founding text of the monotheistic religion that it's kind of like, there are other gods, but, like, this one's just, this one's yours. Right, and and I think it's also, like, not just, it's in the Hebrew and it's in, like, English translations where, like, very early on in Genesis 2, the words used to refer to God, to God are all in plural. And it, and it, I think it, and it really is, I just think that, like, it's, it's just an older version of the stuff. But actually, what you, what you said, John, is kind of also, like, right on the nail, is that, like, the reason you worship this one is because this is the only one that can, like, fucking kill you. Like, all the other gods are all fine and handy and dandy and whatever, but this is the only one that matters because if you piss this one off, the fucking earth will flood. 
Also, I think it's interesting, too, when we're talking about this one, this is the first time they've ever mentioned, or at least that I remember, that, like, you gotta love God. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't think about that. That's true. That's, yeah, because that's a big thing. And, like, I remember, like, yeah, if you read the translation in the, in a in a textbook or in a, in a prayer book, it's like, and I will, you will love God. But it's really funny. Yeah, they waited till the last one. And it is kind of interesting, too, because it's like what you said, Josh. Like, now they're, they're finally starting to understand, like, oh, we got to, we got to make it about a little bit more than just, like, always obey the scary man. It just—it's funny to imagine cloud. that God actually does exist, and the, like his little angels or something are like, "Hey, uh, we're just putting out the last book. Is there anything we should add?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, tell them that they have to love me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell them that everybody has to love me." Um, I can't believe I left that out. Yeah, it's like I, they already know I'm going to kill them if they don't listen to me. But you also have to love this. And in fact, it's so important that you have to put it on your hands and on your head and on your doorposts. And like, you should, you, you might need to be constantly reminded about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if you're really following it to the letter, like, you are in the sauce at all times, pretty much. Um, that's where the tradition of tefillin comes in, right? That's what yeah. they're doing. Little Jewish that's, rosary um, beads, but, but way drippier, if we're being honest. <laughs> a little more SM, leather I, straps, you strap it to your arms. Normally, I don't agree with you, John, on on Jewish fashion, but this time I'll agree that like to fill it are definitely way way more hot couture. Than, <laughs> they look than slightly to me. They always struck me as slightly like something a martial artist would wear. They look like they look like fucking like um, wrist yeah, tape or like so that you can ninja. punch straight. Like mortal, like a character in Mortal Kombat would be wearing. Well, oh, to fill in are these guys? <laughs> to fill in yeah. around the arm. What are the? What are the the stringy things called? Seat seat. Okay. All right. I was thinking. The dangly shirt? Yeah, I don't agree with you on... Oh, you were talking about the dangly shirt? I was shirt? talking about the seat seat. That's a little too Coachella for me. <laughs> I, like the, I like the seat seat more. Um, I guess this is kind of like a depressing and also kind of a stonery stone thought, but like... The, the, the God is a nuke thing. The fact that it all comes down to like if you don't do... I don't know. I mean, I guess it just, it makes me think about how, like, do either of you remember being a kid and kind of asking, like going down the why train of like, why, 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 why? And it goes from like, why do I have to get good grades? Like, so I can get into, you can get into a fucking good college or whatever. Why do I have to get into a good college? So you can get a good job. Why do you have to get into a good job? And then eventually it's so you don't die. It's like, so our world doesn't fucking murder you. Mm-hmm. And taking all your, I don't know. Does that does that kind of track with what's the, God the connect, stuff? Or I guess what's the connection between that and what we're saying here? Because it's like, why do you have to listen to God? Like, because you'll fucking die, dude. Because this isn't a game, and just do it. Because yeah. you'll fucking die. <laughs> I think it it doesn't tie in with the God as a nuke so much as it is just like the ideology behind unquestioning obedience to God is essentially the same as like just conforming to the system and like letting that kind of dictate what your choices in life be. Because as you said, if you don't do it, this shit isn't a game right, uh, it's just, and it's very you'll human. die. It's... <laughs> well, and it's, it's either that God will kill you or if, you know, if it's not God, then just we will yeah. kill you. Right. Well, it's also just like, 
I feel like sometimes I lose sight of this because we're approaching this in kind of like such a textual, like academic way. But like if you're receiving this information in the ancient world, unless you're like really a privileged person, like you've never been to school, someone with like a sword or like a fancy robe is just telling you this. You probably like believe in magic of some kind or another. Like I feel like like the stuff that reads us is like kind of ridiculous or almost like laughable, like, you know, don't screw up or like this will kill you. Like I'm just imagining if I was just like an average Joe in the ancient world, like I'd be like, oh my God, like I guess I have to do this. Like or like it'd be harder to be like a just like a instinctually atheist if you were Oh sure. I think um I think we tend to kind of like yeah, I mean, definitely the a lot of this religion is also based off of not everyone being able to like read and get an education. That's why like a priestly class exists to sort of separate them from the rest of the people. I have a little bit more history on that too. But I think also there is probably just a large amount of people who are probably analogous to like not particularly hateful people who go to some fucked up churches mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like – yeah, man, priest was saying some wild shit today. Anyways, I got to tend my right, farm. Like this is like, just my community. Yeah. Yeah. This is like what's around. <clears throat> yeah. And like the point of privilege that they have is like they're not fucking Jebusites or whatever. So they're not at the, the, the receiving end of the genocide and the war. But they're just like, yeah, I mean, I, I know a couple Amorites. You know, they, they seem fine to me. But, you know, I guess we're at war. Anyways, I have fucking a cow to kill. Yeah. Like yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think there's a, a lot, a lot. I the 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 power of just having too much shit to deal with. Right. It's like it, not everyone is probably loving on God that hard at the time that some people are just like, well, that's okay. why they, that's why they have to make the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't just have to. It's like they were obeying God. Just like no, you also you have to be stoked about it. You have to tell all your friends, and you have to sing songs. You have to think about God, and then want to kissy kissy. I mean, you know, the number of people in this time who are like probably like their fucking teenage kid wants to say something, and they're just like, "Dude, shut the fuck up." Yeah, in this time and in in all time. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like, look. If just let the fucking guy talk for two hours, I know you disagree, but in about two hours, we just go back to the field and we don't come to the city again for five months and you're going to fucking forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Well, too. you think, you think it was just, what makes you think it was like that small of a part of their life? I, I don't think it's necessarily a small part of their life. I think that like, that's just how like stuff changes over time. It's not necessarily that like the decree comes down and everyone follows it lockstep. And that's do 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 because we know in history that that's not how that works. But probably more of what it is is that just like people don't people have these traditions or whatever, and they kind of keep following them. But then sort of the context of them is lost, um, and then it all kind of gets absorbed by the greater thing, right? You know, a great example of that to use Judaism too is like the Spanish Inquisition, where they said no more Jews, no more Muslims, right? And then that's how you get the phenomenon of, like, Spanish crypto-Jews of people who were like, yeah, we're Catholic now. It's all good. And then they just kept doing all the Jewish ceremonies just without the context of Judaism. Because ultimately the the authoritarian kind of means of just, hey, this is what you do now didn't end up working. But it did cause some pretty significant changes. Yeah. A couple generations down the line, nobody knows they're Jewish anymore, but they've been lighting the Shabbat candles every Friday. 
and just told that that was a Catholic thing to do, even though nobody else Catholic around him is doing it. Another thing I thought was interesting while I was doing research, just because I kind of feel bad that I didn't do this before, but there's a whole theory about who wrote which mm-hmm. books of the Torah. Yeah, we should have gotten that out of the way in the beginning, but better late than never. Uh, you know what? But here's the deal. So basically, the uh, we didn't know. We were but young fucking lads. We thought it was uh, God, okay? Baby-faced. We were idiots. And... and and, and milk toasting in the fucking sun, just covering the creation myth and all these things. Did Adam really get his his dick jacked off by a squirrel? These were the questions we were asking. We didn't know about his. Wow, we didn't know about the yeah, wow. That was fire. <laughs> you know, we were we were but dumb babies to get back to it. Um, but I think what's interesting is or. The the theory is basically that Genesis was probably written by whoever the fuck, a combination of, like, sources, um, which probably makes sense because it's pretty fucking frenetic. Yeah. Um, that Exodus was most likely written by what they call non-priestly sources, for the most part. Um, and then that Leviticus was written by, like, pre-kind of, like, consolidation of... Uh, of like the priests as being kind of one step above everyone in a, in a political sense. And that numbers, what they called it, which was kind of interesting was like the priestly editing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like they, they kind of like the, the priestly class kind of actually goes in and be like, no, like, Hey, we're going back to stories and here's a bunch of stories about why we're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's kind of where you start to first see when we were covering numbers is when they start to be like, oh, yeah, and there's all – these are the priestly clans. And, like, guess what? They get way mm-hmm. special privileges. And they get rid of – from a narrative sense, they get rid of, like, Aaron and Miriam and whatever, the people who were priests because they were special and kind of like – now like it's just yeah. lines. Finally, you have at the end of that, you have Deuteronomy, which is a post – what they call post-exile addendum to to kind of the religion and that with all those things together you get modern judaism which is why some of the stuff we learn in hebrew school whatever just seems like it comes from a completely different planet than like chapter three of genesis yeah it would be fascinating to know if like let's say all of the jews got together now to add the sixth book like what what would they do to what end that book would be terrible yeah i feel like it'd be like (laughs) jubilong somehow i mean we could write it or would it just be Jubilee? That should be our next like season. Is we just write a new one? But that's it's not that hard because if you if you get stuck, you can just like regurgitate a bunch of the old shit. Nobody that's will true. call you on it. Oh, give me give me a pint of whiskey in four hours. I'll get you a new book. <laughs> um, it won't be edited edit. very well, but <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll have one. Non priestly. The other thing I did want to ask, as just like a conversation uh, prompt, as mm. a discussion mm. prompt. Really what did get you those say about brain tattoos? Yeah, moving. Just kidding. Well, in 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 today's modern mm-hmm. age, our Ouch. cell phones, the graven images of <laughs> of of our unprecedented mm-hmm. times, um, the gays? Question mark. Yeah, I did want to ask, like, what do you think the Jubilong take of this chapter is? Like, not necessarily what, like, let's go to the website or whatever, but, like, the people who Jubilong speaks to. Mm. Like, what would they get out of this? Which is sort yeah, like, which is sort of, like, a weird love of the tradition and feeling the need to be connected 
and also being kind of very, very pro-Israel, but probably ostensibly in their head being against war, conflict, and imperialism. I think they would seize on the the tiny line where it's like, I chose you because you were an underdog while ignoring all the like, there were people here before and we're deciding to wipe them out. And uh, essentially you didn't build that to borrow the uh, Obama era controversy phrase. And then they'd just be like, no, 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 but we're an underdog. That's what they ended with. Yeah. I feel like if they're, they would just be like, well, um, there's, there's people who want to kill Jews with big, uh, big swords, and I think it's okay to eat bacon, and it's probably fine to have shrimp too. So, you know, everyone's trying to kill you, but you can have a. I devein my shrimp, so it's fine. I was thinking of starting my. Ooh, that's a good theory. Deveining your shrimp. God, I just didn't want you to vein shrimp. I'm just saying they didn't have that like little plastic thingy. You can, you know. I was thinking. The other night, I, I had a I had a few beers in me, and I was thinking of trying to... A few to, shrimps in you? You and the boys <laughs> are ripping some shrimp? Ripping shrimp some tails? Cocktails. Yeah. Um, oh, I was thinking maybe I should start my own Jubilon. What if I just started putting up, like, just photoshopping that pink Jubilong, um poster with the same font and then calling it Jubilee? What about, what if I start Jubilee? You might get rich somehow. <laughs> I listen. If I got rich, great. All I really want in my heart of hearts, all I really want is a cease and desist letter from the Jubilong lady. <laughs> Wear it around your neck like a chain. <laughs> it's my new prized possession. Yeah, get it laminated. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> Can that be a goal that we ask of both ourselves and of our mm. listeners? I challenge everyone who's listening to this podcast and the people who I host it with to be the first person to get a mm-hmm. cease and desist. Engage well, and resist until you cease and desist. I need to come up with some good, like, fake jubilongs. Just like, like God doesn't care I mean, if you eat shrimp and have a big foreskin. Like, crazy shit like that, you know. <laughs> but somehow still tying it back. To be Jewish, <laughs> right. but like you're just like one of the cool Jews. <laughs> you can you can celebrate our Hanukkah and suck dick, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> our um, the Parkland shooting or not Parkland? Fuck the fucking the tree of life. Go on. You started the tree of life shooting was 427 days ago. So be nice to a kid with curly hair today. No? Fun <laughs> didn't land as hard? Okay. Lighter. The note I'm getting is A little lighter. lighter. My advice is a little lighter. A bit lighter. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I was also just going to remind everyone that if, if you've never uh, gotten a cease and desist letter, I've gotten multiple. Um, they're not usually super legally actionable in the moment so if you get one don't freak out you can just stop what you're doing and you'll be fine and you can probably even you know you'll be fine is all i'm saying you got a lot of useful information i feel like you got the history of this fucking book you got what to do if you get the c and d did i tell you about the time i got a cease and desist from bjork from bjork herself i mean i don't think it was i don't think she found the song and did it arrive to you on like the wings of a moth (laughs) no i got a fuck i got an email from a Yahoo oh. account. 
Well, what did you do to piss off Bjork? I I participated in a remix converse, uh, competition. Oh. Yeah. It was very funny to uh, me. Like, organized who, by whom? By Bjork. So, what? I, I guess I, they... we, we left the song up for too long. Oh. And they were like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Wow, what a, what a tease. Yeah. <laughs> I also lost the remix competition. Well, that's... Well, I don't know if you really lose those. I think you just don't win them. Like, they didn't reach out to me and been like, yours was terrible. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> how about, okay, wait. Okay, how about this for a Jubilee? It's it's a picture of Ioni, and it says, have you ever been treated unfairly by Bjork? This Jew has. <laughs> <laughs> just pitted against Bjork versus the Jews? Just any, just, I think that might be the angle, is just kind of, Bringing up anything bad that's ever happened to any Jew ever. Uh huh. We could tie Rodney in. Rodney Dangerfield had sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that's two, two, two. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, is there any way we could tie it in with Jews for Jesus? Jubilees in Jesus, but that's. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's just fucking that's shooting fish in the barrel. Come on. The thing is, though, is that Jew the Jews for Jesus don't quite have the same. They don't have as strong of a voice as Jubilee does. No, because they don't have like a big. Because honestly, like Jubilee's big in in its own way. Ju- Jubilee's hook, to use a fishing metaphor, and bait is anti-Semitism. Not so much like Jew, right. Jew like Jewish stuff. That's why I kind of have I have a little bit more respect for people. I don't know. I have a little bit more respect. I have less respect for 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 Jubilong, who's just like whole thing is just kind of being whiny and like, oh, you should be afraid. I have a little like the message of like we're the underdogs and we should always be afraid is kind of it's not as compelling as like the message of like Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Like that shit. I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. I think, let's hear it. I think let's there's also it. an aspect of it that like, of course, Jews for Jesus isn't gonna like hook you with the fucking anti-semitism hook right the vast majority of them aren't jewish it's not a thing that like affects them mm-hmm. well no they still try to appeal to your anti-semitism to the anti-semitism thing like the fucking the, the just another jew video well right but then the problem with that is that like a bunch of other jews right next to them are being like hey that's really fucked up you should stop doing that nobody's saying that to jew belong people are like oh but- yeah oh yeah I mean, no, people are definitely telling Jubilong that they suck. Um, but what I realized about Jubilong, and we already knew this, but it just kind of hit me again, was that when when Ben, the first time we talked about Jubilong, Ben Kaufman was on, and he mentioned how it's just like some, like, or maybe this was Josh's take, actually, I don't remember, but that, that Jubilong is just someone who was like in the advertising world, and they took, they pivoted from using their pity little slogans to sell like fucking Brooklyn and bedsheets or whatever, to just selling like, like the concept of Judaism and anti-Semitism, the concept concept of Judaism being good and cool and anti-Semitism being bad. And, but so I guess what I'm saying is, being in New York, I've realized that more that it is that same weird pithy tone that advertisements have because they're just mm-hmm. the subways are just covered with them. Not not I haven't seen any Jew belongs on the subway. Um, the same weird tone of like mattress on the floor. Girlfriend gets complicated. Like, <laughs> just like, 
you know? I'm actually getting pretty good at this. I feel like I could yeah. have That one have was perfect. You could make that a true belief one. Was it mattress on the floor, comma, girlfriend, comma, it's complicated, or mattress on the floor, question mark, girlfriend? Girlfriend. Comments it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I actually, if I can pitch it to you the way I imagined it was <laughs> mattress on the floor, question mark, girlfriend complicated, period. <laughs> I definitely said the word it's, but that's okay. <laughs> girlfriend complicated. Uh-huh. Wow. A rich text. <laughs> wow. Um. Also, just to, uh, as, a, as a clarifying point, the ideology that we're talking about in terms of like modern Jewish identity uh, is often described by some Jewish scholars as uh, Jewish victimhood, mm. which is kind of that like... By some scholars and some creeps on the internet, <laughs> a little crossover moment. But, uh, but, but the idea is essentially that like uh, Jews will always be in a threatened position forever. Um, and that that's 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 a central kind of uh, key to to the identity and ideology of being Jewish, which, uh, if you ask me, is not really something I ascribe to, and I don't think a lot of people consciously ascribe to it. But it is a pretty predominant strain, at least, of thought within within the like a modern white Jewish community. Yeah, and it's not without historical basis, but. It, it's also, you know, I would say sometimes lacks modern context. I agree. Dude, where's my Ronomy? <laughs> Dude, where's my Ronomy? Ah, uh, it's not if quite they a wanted book of numbers. A book of, yeah. <laughs> what does Deuteronomy itself mean? Oh, I was actually going to like, look that up. From whence? Okay, from the freedictionary.com. Oh, wait, no, let's do Merriam-Webster. From the ancient Greek Deuteraminion. From Deuter plus nomos law what it's like words law oh i love these comments on fucking miriam webster <laughs> so, okay so definitely may may 16th 2012 bible study three three likes um and then the other one i got here is all caps the biblical or spiritual meaning of deuteronomy is the final or last time moses will repeat again or remind the stubborn people of god quote parentheses, the Israelites, before they enter the quote-unquote promised land that was promised by God to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This book will remind them, Israelites, that all companions to follow, so God will bless them in the land they inherit forever. Dash, dash, dash. Amen. 25 likes. Wow. One dislike. Very strong uh, municipal public meeting, you know, citizen at the mic <laughs> energy to that I my time, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, my, I'll take my answer off air. Uh... Michelle Smith says, Amen, <laughs> two years later from the original comment. And then two years after that, uh, <laughs> Michelle Donna Geds Dodge says, Michelle Smith, we know what the book is about. We are trying to figure out the actual meaning of the word itself and what the definition of the word was back then. Oh, brother. You want another definition of Orbulina? Uh, uh, what? Orbulina? Spirulina. Uh, it's It's... Uh, it's, it's, Merriam-Webster is, is getting me on a whole path. Um, holy shit. Wait, okay, how about this for a Jubilee? Um, okay. <laughs> call me a kike and I'll call you a cab. To hell. <laughs> 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 uh, just funny, too, because, like, 
calling someone a cab is also kind of just sexy and interesting. Like, you'll call me a what? <laughs> a cab. To hell. <laughs> call me a guy. Oh, Can I call God. you a cab to hell? Wow. Nice um, nice use of Zugma there. Oh, Zugma? What's that? It's when you use one word in multiple senses of the word. So it's like they... Oh, calling someone something versus calling someone a... Sure, yeah, okay. like I held the door and your attention. <laughs> oh, shit. That's called a Zugma? It is called a Zugma. Ah. Or Zwegma. Zwegma? Let me make What's... sure I'm... Holy shit, the word of the day for May 19, 2022 on the Merriam-Webster Dictionary since 1828 is kibosh. Holy shit. It's been kibosh for a while or just today? No, just today. Also, kibosh is spelled K-I-B-O-S-H. What does kibosh mean? Like to put the kibosh on something? You know what that means? Like kill him? (laughs) Technically, you could use it that way, I think. Put the kibosh on someone's life? Yeah. Like, like we should probably put the kibosh on this episode since we're running over yeah. literally reading words from the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, we're like, isn't it crazy that this is how you spell this word? <laughs> or like, the people, oh, who no, wrote, yeah. the people who wrote Deuteronomy really wanted to put the kibosh on the whole worshipping other gods thing. Wait, I thought of a jubilee that could actually be a jubilee. Okay. Like, I could see them run. Well, This is no, getting esoteric, but... Point to your corner and hit that shit out of the park. It's time to end um, this ball game. <laughs> or j- just like, uh, like, like we won't tell the rabbi if you eat ass on Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> and they would run that, right? Oh they would run God. that for like two seconds and then like issue an apology. <laughs> they totally would. We had an intern running our social media account. <laughs> I was unaware. Wait, I know what needs to happen is I need to be that intern. I need that internship. I need that you belong internship. You got to be our mole into big into big Jew in New York. Big Judaism. Yeah, I just I I'm just going to apply, and as long as they don't Google me, we're we're good. You'd be we're surprised. Good. As someone whose job is is to ask people essentially incriminating questions, people just don't Google you. They're like, I thought this was. Like, what? You're going to talk about this? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get an internship at Jubilong. That ad, by the way, would be not quite that. It would be God doesn't care if you eat the bussy on Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just imagining the graphic that would go along with that. Well, also, I have uh, my sources for that is the fact that I think a bus company in some municipality posted something similar to that. A bus company, uh, like a like a municipal transit system, said something about. Well, there was some. There was a about story the bussy? of. No, yeah. there was a story about a a bus company that had a mascot called Bussy, and they didn't really <laughs> okay. realize what they were doing. <laughs> Just no, the tweet said something about riding the Bussy, and people were like, "Hey, okay, well. and, uh, maybe that doesn't mean the thing you think it means." Wow, um, only two seventy five for a ride on the Bussy. <laughs> Anyways, well, this has been this has just been a peachy little time studying. I could talk to you boys forever. The all toira toira. Wait, okay. Toira. Can I say a closing thought? It's something I wanted to say earlier. It ties in to 
my thoughts about authoritarianism in this book and how Mm. everything kind of comes back to the threat of violence. Um, But I was thinking about how – this is a thought I had back in the day at camp, which is I remember on Shabbat, the whole camp would be together in the Chadorohel, the dining room, and (laughs) it would take so – long for whoever was in like on the mic who just needed everyone to shut up so they could give instructions. It would take so long for them to get everyone to shut up and they would have to be like like, you know, put the shin in the air or do like I'll wait, I'll wait or whatever. And I remember as a child thinking, could this be quicker if they just had a gun? <laughs> <laughs> like not just <laughs> we don't know if it's loaded, but just like just some Jewish educator just up there with a handgun. The answer just is holding it. The, the answer is yes, and this is the fundamental principle behind a bank robbery. <laughs> right. Well, I, and I'm saying it's the fundamental principle behind our freaking society, man, with both religion and capitalism as well. <laughs> no, but but for real, you definitely could command some some eyes if you just walk in there and be like, "Okay, everyone, I need you to hear what I have to say." But before this, I will present to you my friend Gun. I do have that thing on me. Um, I'm just picturing like Rabbi Bruce Greenbaum in like a polo, jorts, with a belt, with the phone clip on the belt, and then also a gun, and then Tevas, you know? God, they love their Tevas, don't they? It's summertime, baby. And they don't need to say anything violent. They have a gun. They get on the mic, and they're like, okay, we're going to call you by session. Yeah, let that Glock talk. You line up. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oftentimes, (laughs) the threat of violent need only be implicit. That's wild. You thought that as a kid. I just kind of remember. I don't know. I I would have those thoughts. Just also fucking, I don't know. I This is super... That's such a tangent, and we can finish after this. But I do remember hearing a story about how some high up at camp, like, was really adamant that the security guards, like, be strapped the fuck up. Oh. And it just made me chuckle. Um, and we will share names once we conclude the episode. Um, Strap the fuck up in Santa folks, Rosa, California. Mm. That has been Smite Me. This has been. This How has been. How many minutes would we go on for <laughs> if Josh didn't bring up that it was time to end? You know. Um, thank you for listening. Share our stuff on the internet. Tell your friends. Oh, hey, email us uh, you can me podcast. You can rate us on Spotify now too. Um, that's oh, an option that nice. you can do. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, if yeah, wait, uh, when are we gonna chart in the religion charts? Whoa, I don't think I put us in religion. Oh, what are we in? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. We were just babies. <laughs> we were talking about squirrel. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> we were dumb babies. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes when you think you're being brave, but you're actually uh, being society, brave. society and culture it looks like. Ooh, bad. Take. I mean, that's bad. Take I would say that society. This podcast. I think it's hard. Mo- almost everything you could be talking about on a microphone, I think, would count as society or culture. Amen, brother. I guess that's been our show. We love you.